0: My name is Leah. I finished a documentary called I Bleed, where I went on a journey to break the taboo and the negative cycle around periods in order to create a new one for my daughter, Ava. In this voyage, I met a lot of interesting characters and learned a lot of things that I wasn't able to include in my film. So I decided to have them all in a podcast divided in series. In this series of I Bleed, I explore the academic views around periods. In this episode, I meet with Gerard, a writer and literature professor at the University Saint Joseph in Lebanon, and the director of the University for All, which my parents have been attending passionately. I meet him at my parents' house for a coffee, where we casually discuss the influence of literature and tale on our current views on period. How would you describe period? It is a
1: phenomenon that can be a reason for fear or for distancing for a man. Something attributed to the feminine that is invisible but appears regularly every month, and something that men don't experience. But it it is true that in families, although I don't have sisters in my family, but I do recall the first periods of my cousins and even my mother's period when she still had hers, it was shocking to see that the girls, or now women, would fall into a state of drowsiness, fatigue, and that something would come out of her sexual parts. And periods are linked to the sexual organs. so. It's really linked to that invisible part of the woman. So it is an invisible matter that can create a feeling of fear and a desire to distance oneself, as if it doesn't really concern us.
0: Do you think that it's because it's related to women, like, because this mystery relates uniquely to women? Yes, it is
1: because it relates to women and it is mainly linked to their sexual organ, which is very different than the male organ because it is inside the body and it conceals something that comes out. And when it does come out, we wonder where it comes from, why it comes out, and why does it come out in such a regular timing. And this cycle, by being a cycle, shows that it is a regular natural phema- phenomena, but one that is only attributed to women. So men feel excluded from it, and this phenomena is experienced by women only, and women represent the other. So this can cause a feeling of embarrassment and definitely a lack of understanding from a man's perspective.
0: Would you say that religion, mainly patriarchal religion, played a role in painting periods from a negative perspective, as in like creating more shame and taboo than it was originally?
1: Prior to religion, there is something more important: fairy tales and Western folklore that have been passed on through generations and are still part of a universal heritage. In tales, there are always misdeeds, as in acts that are considered negative, there are links to blood coming out of a young girl. We’ve all been told these tales, which are mainly the brother Grimm tales, who source themselves in German heritage and the French Romantic Europe. And there's always a mention of the blood coming out of the young girl. Like, for example, in Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping Beauty shouldn't get pricked, and her parents will do all within their reach to avoid her getting pricked. But when they go away, regardless of their efforts to protect her, she will prick her finger and blood will come out, and she will fall asleep for hundreds of years. So being told the story, our unconscious child brain linked that, regardless of all the efforts the parents did to protect the girl from getting pricked, it had to happen, as if it's a natural phenomenon, and her falling asleep for hundreds of years is a sort of punishment. So these folkloric tales were taught to us prior to, Religion. And other tales count similar stories, like for example Beauty and the Beast, where Beauty shouldn't prick her finger while picking the flowers, but she pricks her fingers, and ends up becoming the prisoner of the Beast. A similar thing happens with the Bluebeard, where she tells his wife, where he tells his wife that she should not. Uh, enter the room and when he goes away she attempts to enter the room using a key, the key becomes blood. So it's always linked to women and blood appears as a punishment. this happens in many stories and I only counted these three that I know very well but in all these stories blood is seen as something negative. And we rule up having been fed these stories who are influenced by Judeo-Christian beliefs because they are created in the West, mainly Germany and France, which have strong true Christian heritage.
0: Interesting. Um, I, I never really thought of the influence that literature could have on our views. Actually, most of the interviews I've done mentioned religion as being the main cause with, the, with this negativity, because we do have a problem with this particular blood. Like, I don't, I don't think we have a problem with blood per se, uh, like in Christianity, or even in Islam, but in Christianity, Jesus has a crown on his head and he is covered in blood. So it's the menstrual blood that is the problem.
1: Qui crée un now in sacred texts, although I don't know much about Islam, but in the Gospel which I actually know, there is no mention or text about the female blood. On the other hand, in the Old Testament, the Levitic book, the law, book, and Judaism, when there is blood, and more specifically, menstrual blood, it is absolutely necessary to wash and purify oneself. So it is present in the Jewish tradition more than it is in the Christian tradition, but we do speak of a Judeo-Christian tradition. But tales are more interesting because they are not just literature that represent a collective unconscious. We don't know the real origins of tales, they are stories that have been passed on for ages, just like myth, and the collective unconscious has created those images, which have been passed on and have emerged in the tales.
0: Would you then say that these fairy tales, even though they represent the the spirit of community, they they do it from this patriarchal perspective? I mean, as a start, during these times, who had access to writing? It was the men who were writing. Women, women were deprived from education. So, would you say that these tales are written from? A patriarchal perspective as in they're written by men and I ask you this because I'm trying to explore the concept of shame because in today's world a girl who grew up in in a positive environment around period establishing a positive relationship will still feel shame the day she has her first period I just feel it's like so ingrained in us so I wonder if patriarchy To strive, they had to break women and push them to distance themselves from their power.
1: I don't really have an answer for this, but there is a phenomenon that we have witnessed and that creates fear in people, which is the state of fatigue and sleepiness that women find herself in when she has her periods. The state has been described and studied by sociologists, historians, and psychoanalysts, and they often refer to Sleeping Beauty and ask why she fell asleep for a hundred years. I myself remember being in school and listening to girls talk about the great fatigue and their need to sleep when they were menstruating. And in our unconscious, the sleep and fatigue relates to death. So immediately we don't feel comfortable talking about it, and it becomes something we want to put aside. And what we set aside becomes the forbidden, and thus can trigger feelings such as shame, taboo, and fear. But we shouldn't deny that this happens beyond patriarchy, that we do witness young girls experiencing fatigue during their menses, and sometimes feel sleepy, and it is the fear of the sleep that could be seen as a taste of death, So menstruation would equal sleep, would equal fatigue, which would equal something related to this, and therefore equal the taboo subject that we want to avoid. Of course, patriarchy pushed this further because the phenomenon is linked to women.
0: And I've just thought of a film,
1: a very interesting film, which relates to the subject and confirms the theory of Mircea Eliade, a historian of religion, who tells the story of several tribes in Africa where when a woman has her period she can't cook because she would be unclean, and whatever she cooks would be contaminated and passed on to the people of the village. So there's a magnificent Mexican film called like, Water for Chocolate, not sure if you've seen it. It is a very beautiful film. Because it tells the story of a girl who receives a special gift, where whenever she is cooking, whatever mood she feels at the moment infiltrates the food she is cooking. Like let's say she's sad and is baking a cake, the people who end up eating the cake will start crying. And let's say um, she's happy, people who will eat, will feel happy. And if she has her periods while cooking, the people who will eat the food she made will experience the same negative and invisible phenomena that she experiences. This is interesting because it demonstrates that a woman, just by being a woman and having her menstruation, is so open and so connected, she can create a communion through whatever she might be doing. So why are we afraid of her cooking when she has her periods? Because we consider that she can create a communion with the community and communicate her blood to others, and this blood is considered impure because it comes from the woman's sexual organ. But this can also be seen as a power, I mean, in this film the girl is portrayed as someone who has a power and an extraordinary gift, where she can share her emotions and her blood to the community, and definitely a patriarchal society can fear this feminine power. It's a double-edged sword, where on one side, menstruation does equate to sleep, fatigue, and on the other side, it is a kind of magical power that a woman has that enables her to communicate through her blood. And that is something where patriarchy can play a role, as it doesn't want women to have this
0: power. And from your perspective and your surroundings, would you say that today, amongst Men and women, there is still a problem talking openly about periods? Yes, of course.
1: As long as we live in a society where we have to be dressed and cover certain parts of our bodies, and menstruations are considered to be something from our insides, which will remain hidden, But I do think that having a real sexual education in school can change that. I mean, when I was in school, we never had any explanation on what periods are, and I think having a proper scientific understanding of periods can somehow exorcise the fear we have around it, as it is still considered as a magical occult phenomenon. So having a proper scientific biological talk around the of period can calm the spirits somehow, but this can only happen with the emancipation of the views we have on women. We should first reassess our views on women and give them room to exist freely, because by existing freely, they can let their periods exist freely as well.
0: I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week to listen to another interview with another expert. If you are a menstruator and would like to share your first period story with us, or if you want to check out other first period stories, the trailer of my personal documentary, and a cool period art project I'm working on, please visit my website on ibleed.com. That's i-bleed.com. Thanks for listening.